Hi, my name's Paul Grogan. Welcome to episode 32 of the All New Gaming Rules podcast. This episode is an audio version of the monthly video log that went live at the start of November 2022. A big thank you to all of my patron supporters for making this podcast possible. And if you want to support me directly, you can do so at patreon.com forward slash gaming rules. And now on with the show. My name is Paul Grogan and welcome to the Gaming Rules Monthly Video Log for November 2022. Or should I say take two of the monthly video log, so I've just spent the last hour recording it and forgotten to press record on the microphone. So here we go again with everything that I've been doing in the last month. I'm recording this at the start of November. It's actually Tuesday, November 8th, 2022. This video should go live in the next couple of days. And I've got GridCon coming up at the end of this week, so I'm a little bit frazzled because I've been working hard on that. But anyway, let's talk about all of the games that I've been playing, other content that's been on the channel, Patreon update, and things that are coming up in the next few weeks, as normal. Now, a few things before we start. First of all, a big thank you to all of my Patreon supporters. Uh, for those people watching this video log who don't know what I do, there's some people who watch this for the first time, uh, I rely on the financial support of my Patreon in order to create videos like this, because I've basically taken today off work, uh, in order to create this video and get it edited and everything else. So big thank you to all of my patron supporters for funding the channel. And if you like the content that I create, obviously give the video a thumbs up, leave me a comment if you've got anything you want to say about any of the games that I talk about. Um, but consider supporting me at patreon.com forward slash gaming rules as well, if you can. The next thing is, in previous video logs, the last two, I've actually switched the order in which I talk about games from chronological order to alphabetical order. And I wanted to say a thank you to everybody who has fed back uh, to me, their thoughts on that. And I had a number of messages last month that the alphabetical order really didn't work. Um, it felt a little bit disjointed and a little bit all over the place as to as to where games were. So I'm, I'm going to switch it back to chronological order this time so that you've had a few in alphabetical order. This one's going to be back to chronological. Again, if you've got any thoughts on it, let me know. But I did feel last time it was a bit confusing when I was saying, Oh, and I played this at Essen, and I played this last week, and I played this three weeks ago, and I played this two days ago, and it, it was all a bit confusing. I, I felt that anyway. So whilst I was initially a fan of the alphabetical order, I went off it last time. So anyway, we're going back to chronological order. The other thing that I wanted to talk about is positivity in games. Now, last month, uh, I made a bit of a change in these monthly video logs, and if you didn't watch last month, I'll give you a very, very brief summary. Um, but I always used to draw a line in the sand and say, I'm not going to give my personal opinion on games that I was professionally involved in. Uh, and, I've, and I've done that for years and years and years. But I was becoming increasingly frustrated with my own video logs, with these video logs, where I'd be saying, oh, Frostpunk, I played Frostpunk. Oh, but I can't tell you about it because it was a sponsored video. Oh, Unconscious Mind, I played that. Oh, yeah, I can't tell you about that either. And, and half of my video logs were basically me just listing games that... I couldn't talk about. Anyway, I've changed my mind on that and I'm now going to start giving more of my personal opinions. And I wanted to say a big thank you to everybody for their feedback after last month's episode. It's good to know that generally speaking, people out there trust me and trust that I'm not here to just shill games and I can be honest, I can like a game or not like a game. And you know that what I'm saying is 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 the honest truth. So thank you very much for that feedback. Um, but on that, just before we start listing all of these great games that I've played over the last few weeks, I will be honest, most of the games that I've played in the last few weeks have been great. Now, if you were hoping to see a balanced mix of games, 
and, and here's a game and Paul really liked it and here's a game and Paul didn't really like it. You're not going to see that in this video log. This video log, I'll, I'll tell you right now, almost every game that I've played has been really, really good. So let's just get that out of the way. And I feel very happy about that and I feel very privileged about that. But also at the same time, I'm thinking, I need to play a game that's bad so that I can actually say to people, oh, and I played this game and it wasn't very good for these reasons. So yeah, if you watch this video and you think, oh, Paul is only ever positive about games, I'm not gonna watch him anymore. Well, I'm sorry, but I've played a lot of really good games in the last few weeks, that's just how it is. I'll try and pick faults with them if I can. Right, so off we go. First of all, ISS Vanguard. Now, ISS Vanguard slotted in to that window of opportunity between the last video log being filmed and the last video log going live. So I filmed the last video log, I think on the 12th of October, but it didn't actually go live until about four or five days later because I got behind with other work and editing and everything else. And in that time, I played ISS Vanguard twice. Now, ISS Vanguard was a game which I've been massively, massively looking forward to playing. For those who don't know, I was professionally involved in the game. I wrote the rule book, I wrote the tutorial, you know, all of that stuff. I was involved with that game for a long time. I don't know how long it was. It might have been a year or more than a year. I don't know. It just, we worked so hard on that project to try and make it as good as it can be. And my role in that was writing and editing the rulebook and helping with the overall layout of the rulebook. Um, and then of course, all of that work was done and it was finished and signed off. And then the months go by while you're waiting for production. And then finally, I got my hands on the game. I got the I was super excited about this game because this game ticks a lot of my boxes. Tainted Grail was my number one most uh, enjoyable narrative-driven game. The theme, the immersion, the, the stories, the branching storyline, everything about Tainted Grail I just loved. Mechanically, not so much. I felt the game had issues, but from a narrative point of view, I got so immersed in the setting and the story. And this is by the same team, and it's science fiction and it's cooperative, and there's a story, and there's a massive, massive amount of story. And I'm super excited to actually sit down and properly play the campaign and explore that story and get that character development and get that sense of improvement as you're improving the technology, you're building this, you're exploring new worlds, you're doing all of this stuff. And I didn't get that from working on the rulebook. I didn't get chance to sit down and actually play through the game. So I was very, very much looking forward to this one. And we did two playthroughs. Uh, these are on the channel now, if you're interested. Did two playthroughs on the channel. The first one of those was sponsored uh, by Awaken Realms. Thank you very much to Awaken Realms for sponsoring that first video. Uh, but then we all knew we were going to enjoy the game so much that we decided to do a second playthrough video in the evening where we continued playing the game. So if you're interested in knowing more about ISS Vanguard, then the first video that I created was a sponsored tutorial and playthrough where we basically explain how the game's played and we go through the tutorial mission. I would strongly recommend if you are interested in the game to watching that video, or even if you've got the game, uh, to check out the video because a few people might be playing something wrong and that video, well, I think we played everything right. Um, but then yeah, we enjoyed it so much, we, we played it again in the evening. The biggest problem is that when we finished that second game, I had to put the game away knowing that I wasn't gonna play it again for a few weeks. Now because I loved it, absolutely loved it, and just wanted to play more. This is one of those games where I wish I could just say, I'm gonna take a week off work or two weeks off work and I'm just gonna sit here and I am just gonna play through ISS Vanguard. The reality is that isn't gonna happen. I am planning to start the ISS Vanguard campaign. It won't be streamed because I'll be playing it with Vicky, my partner, 
uh, and she won't be on camera or anything like that. So we are planning to play through the ISS Vanguard campaign. And it's really good that the amount of positive things that I've been hearing back from other people that have been playing through it uh, has, has been fantastic. So yeah, really, really loved it. It lived up to my expectations, but I've only played the first two scenarios out of, I don't know, 25 or however many we're going to play. I'm not sure. So we've literally just started and there's so much game there and there's so much to explore. You know, we brought back some alien specimen from a planet and I'm like, well, I don't know what this does. You know, this is going to lead to something else and we've developed this technology. Well, what that, what te what's that technology going to do? Oh, and we've got this research project and we've got this situation to deal with. The amount of content that is available for the game and we've only just started. So yeah, really looking forward to playing more of that. Next up, Exit. We played an exit game. Me and Vicky played one of the exit games together. Now, me and Vicky love these escape room style games or more pu puzzle style games, to be fair. It doesn't, doesn't matter whether it's an escape room style game, but we love doing puzzle games together. And we've played a lot of the exit games. We've probably played about a dozen of them. We've played a lot of the unlock games and we've played a lot of other style, other type escape room puzzle games. This one was The Sunken Treasure. And I can't recommend this one. It didn't work for us. We didn't really enjoy this one. Now, normally we play these games and we really enjoy them. Even the ones that aren't so good, we still enjoy them. This one, we finished it and we were like, neither of us really enjoyed that. Now, the reason is in each exit game, you have about 10 or 12 puzzles. I can't remember how many it is. But at least half of them in this one, maybe the difficulty was a little bit low for us but at least half of them were just obvious. That we didn't exert any brain power or any thinking or anything. It was just like, oh, well, there's some shapes with some numbers. Um, here's the puzzle. Well, there's that and that and that. So it, it's 473, 473. Yeah, that's the answer, right, next. They were just a bit too easy. Um, and that was a bit disappointing because most of the time it's, it's yeah, we, we have to think quite a bit. One of the other things is that I think there were a couple of puzzles in there that did stump us but when we got the answers to them they were like well that's, that's a bit weird it's a bit obscure so yeah we felt this one wasn't one of the stronger ones in the series and that it was either a mix for us of puzzles that were just way too easy it's not even a puzzle and ones that were just a bit obscure that even when you know the answer was still a bit weird um anyway so it, it was nice to play games together it's nice to do puzzles together but we want something that's a, a bit more of a challenge. So yeah, that, that one was a bit disappointing. Next up is Hamlet, the village building game. Now, I've been excited about this game for quite a while. I first saw it at Essen 2021. And the reason why I'm excited about it is that it is a collaborative village building game. So it's not cooperative, but it's collaborative in that you're all building up the same village. And it uses a similar method to roads and boats in that resources are not owned by any one player. The resources are just on the board. So, for example, as an action, I could go to the quarry, work in the quarry. I get two coins for working in the quarry. But then the quarry is now full of stone. It's not my stone. It's stone that's in the quarry. And then another player might want to build a building and they transport that stone using the donkeys over here and they construct a building using the stone. And they get points for constructing the building. And then somebody else can come along and they can use the building to turn wood into whatever. And that's it. I, now... I've been working on my own game. I say I've been working on my own game. I've had ideas for my own game, which is based on the Anno series of computer games, which is essentially exactly what this game does. 
is shared resources. Everybody's collectively building the, 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 the village or the town together. And this game seems to have a lot of ideas that I wanted to have in the game that I was working on. And it's all put together in a nice package that's streamlined that doesn't take too long to play. So I thought, fantastic. Anyway, it came out at Essen 2022, the Founders Edition. I think it's going to retail fairly soon. Um, and yeah, I was very keen to play it. I was very keen to cover it on the channel. And then Mighty Birds were happy to sponsor a video. So tick, tick, kill two birds with one stone. Thank you very much to Mighty Birds for sponsoring the video. Uh, and we did it and it's on the channel now. So if you wanna see the game being played and we do a tutorial, so we teach you how to play the game and we show you how the game is played, that is on the channel now if you're interested in it. Overall, I did enjoy the game. It did flow quite well and it did run at a nice pace. The problems with the game are uh, somewhat cosmetic and can be can be fixed. Uh, nothing wrong with the gameplay as such, but the rulebook wasn't good in a couple of places. There's a couple of parts where the rulebook is misleading, ambiguous, and in one case actually wrong, um, to the point where I know some people that have been playing the game incorrectly and they watched my video and they went, oh, I've been playing it wrong because this is what's in the rulebook. Now I've spoken to Mighty Boards about this, I've spoken to the designer, They've acknowledged that, yes, there are some places where the rules are really not clear. And I'm actually going to be working with them on uh, updating the rulebook and providing some extra text and clarifications on some bits. The other part, uh, I have to say, is that despite liking the overall appearance of the game, the iconography was a bit too small and the board is a little bit too busy. The icons, I don't think, need to be as small as they are. Uh, and you kind of struggle to see some of them. Um, and the board is very, very busy with artwork that it's, it's, it makes it a little bit hard to see what's going on. It's made harder by the fact that there's meeples all over the board. So you have workers, which are your meeples, and they're all over the board. And what you do at the start of each round, you stand those meeples up. And then when it's your turn, you take actions with each of them and you lay them down. And a laying down meeple covers up more of the game board than a standing up meeple. Um, <clears throat> now, a few people have said, and I agree with this, that... There's no need to actually keep your meeples on the board. So here's how it works. Mechanically, your workers, when it is your turn, they can go wherever they want. They can move to any space on the board. They effectively can teleport wherever they want to. Therefore, there is no need from a game design point of view to keep them on the board from one round to the next because they don't have like three movement points. Oh, he was here last turn, one, two, three, he's now going here. No, he can go anywhere on the board. So actually one of the um, one of the suggestions which I would now use in my games is when it's your turn, you don't have your meeples on your board, on the board, you have them in front of you. And then when it's your turn, I've got three meeples, I've got three workers, right? I'm gonna place one there, do the action, one there, do the action, one there. End of my turn, I'm gonna take them all off because then they're not on the board and they're not taking up space. So yeah, if you've got Hamlet or if you're looking to play Hamlet, I would strongly recommend using that. Don't keep the meeples on the board and then lay them down and then stand them up again. Just literally take them off when it's not your turn and then put them on when it is your turn, perform the actions and then take them off. But as far as the game goes, enjoyed the game. As I say, it's got a good pace, doesn't overstay its welcome. It feels nice when you're playing it and there's lots of different things that you can do in the game. Uh, and in fact, the playthrough video that's on the channel, I won't spoil the end of it, but I went a completely different approach to everybody else. And I was doing something that I didn't think was gonna work in any way whatsoever, but it did. So yeah, that's Hamlet, the village building game. Next up is Atua. 
Uwe Rosenberg's new game, published by Lookout Games, who gave me a copy of this game for review at Essen Spiel this year. Uh, and Uwe Rosenberg does a lot of great games. Um, he's done loads and loads of games over the years. And a lot of the games have a lot of similar feeling, like they've got animals in, there's breeding, there's feeding the population, all of that sort of stuff. This is his latest game. This is a sort of medium weight game uh, about the fruit bat population in Ghana. And one thing that's nice about Uwe's games is that he always does some uh, historical research into the game or you know, real research into the game. Um, and, and, and that's got that in this game. And there's a nice little booklet that comes with the game that tells you all about the fruit bats and Ghana and how the people learn to uh, deal with it because it's something about, I, I can't quite remember how it works, but yeah, that's represented in the game. As far as the game itself, let's put the theme aside for a minute. The game itself, there is some criticism a lot of Uwe's games is that they all just feel exactly the same. I don't feel that. I've played a load of his games. And I think the reason why a lot of them feel the same way is that they've generally speaking got the same artist, the same graphic designer. So visually they look the same. And sure, a lot of them have animals in, a lot of them are feeding your people. A lot of them are worker placement. But the way that this game plays for me, it felt fresh and it felt different. I liked the way that you had to allocate each of your things to spaces on your board and you had to get new territory in order to expand. Uh, I liked the way that you could send the fruit bats out at night and then they returned home. Uh, and I, I just liked the way that everything worked and the progression of unlocking stuff from your board, which gives you extra production. I'm not saying anything is new. I'm not saying anything's innovative, but I enjoyed the game. Now we did play with the rules slightly wrong. Um, in, and that's down to, I think, the graphic design. The graphic design is unfortunately a little bit unclear on the board. Um, but yeah, we did play a rule wrong. It didn't actually affect uh, our enjoyment of the game, except now we know what the rule actually is. It wasn't a sponsored playthrough. Uh, so what happened is I had a slot in my schedule. Uh, Luke Hector came around from the Broken Meeple and a local friend, Nick. Uh, Luke had already played Atua, so Luke agreed to teach us how to play Atua. Uh, he'd played it a couple of times before already. Uh, and that playthrough... It highlighted to him a couple of rules that he'd been getting wrong. Uh, so hopefully he now knows the, the proper rules of the game. But yeah, that was not a sponsored playthrough video. Uh, but if you want to check it out, that's on the channel now. That's Atua. Now, after that, Nick disappeared off home early because he was going to France at five o'clock the next morning. And Luke stayed and we played Splendor Jewel. Now, I was involved professionally in Splendor Jewel. I wrote the, uh, helped write the rulebook for the game. Uh, Splendor is a great gateway game and can be played with two players. So why do we need Splendor Jewel? Well, the duel games have been very popular. Seven Wonders Duel, and there's been a few other ones as well, and they always seem to be very popular. And for Splendor Duel, Bruno Cathala came on board as the designer, and wow, he's turned Splendor into a really, really good head-to-head -head two-player game. Now, Splendor was already okay at two-player, but the big difference with Splendor Duel is, I think Splendor, the original game of Splendor, is a gateway game that can be played with families and non-gamers. Splendor Duel is not. Splendor Duel, I'm gonna go out on a limb and I'm gonna say it's twice as complicated. That's because Splendor, the original Splendor, is actually not that complicated a game. Whereas Splendor Duel, and I'm not saying it's too complicated, I'm just saying there's a lot more going on. The way that you get the gems is more difficult. It, not more difficult, the rules are more involved. There's the pearls which are more involved. Cards have got powers. Uh, you're also collecting crowns. You've also got something else. You've got the privilege as well. There's a lot more rules to Splendor Jewel. So don't think Splendor Jewel is just a, a light, nice, simple two-player game. It's it's quite involved. It's probably, it's still light to medium, but it's not super light. Anyway, 
did a playthrough on the channel. If you're interested in that, Splendor Duel, me and Luke played it, two-player, that evening, not sponsored, all done on the channel. Next up, Frostpunk. And I can tell you now, if you want to know what my opinion on Frostpunk is, this is my game of the year for 2022. We're not at the end of 2022, but I'm 99% sure that I'm not going to play another game this year which was more enjoyable than this game. Now, my involvement in Frostpunk, let's get this, let's get this out there right from the start. I was professionally involved in Frostpunk and I worked on the rulebook for the game. I spent a lot of time working on the rulebook for this game. It was a huge amount of effort. It was a massive work of passion. Lots of late nights, lots of weekends, lots of hard work with the development team. Uh, and I think we did a really good job. Um, yeah, the game is finally out after me first hearing about it maybe four years ago uh, when somebody contacted me and said, oh, there's a, there's a new publisher that's being created in Poland and they've got the rights to do the Frostpunk game. Don't tell anybody, it's top secret but I've recommended you to do the rulebook. Thank you very much, Matt, if you're ever watching this. Matt no longer works in the board game industry. He's gone off doing other things. But just in case you're ever watching this video, thank you very much. Um, because a year and a half after that, Glass Cannon Unplugged contacted me and said, we've been recommended that you should write our rulebook. And I did. Now, Frostpunk is one of my favourite computer games of all time, if not my number one favourite computer game of all time. I absolutely love the IP that the board game is based on. Adam Kwapinski is a great designer and has done some fantastic games over the years. And the production quality of the game is out of this world. Everything about this game is screaming to me that this is straight away in my top 10 games of all time. Now, this is my personal opinion about the game because I like the theme, I like the setting, I like the gameplay, I like the struggle, all of that. Everything about this game ticks almost all of my boxes. It's fantastic. And I know some people might be watching this video going, oh, I played it once and didn't like it. That's fine. Games are out there. There's different games for everybody. And I know some people who do their top five games of the year and I watch them and I'm like, seriously, that game was awful. Why is it in your top five? We all have different opinions about the game. And you're watching this video to find my opinion. And my opinion is this is the best game that I've played this year. But I always knew it was going to be because working on the project and being involved in it and seeing how the game plays, and I, and I played it a few times during development of the game, so I, I knew that this was going to be very, very high on my list. But we did a playthrough video. It's on the channel now. Uh, a lot of work went into preparing for that video. I basically spent about two days of time uh, preparing, learning the game, setting the studio up and everything else. And then the night before the video, we actually did it as a live stream on a Sunday, uh, the night before, I got about two hours sleep, maybe maybe two or three hours sleep, because I was so excited. I was excited about playing the game after so much build-up of anticipation over years, but also I was very, very nervous because it was a sponsored video, and I thought, Paul, you've got to get this right. This is a massive game with a massive rulebook, and it's really complicated. You've got to make sure you get this right. Your professional reputation is on this. It's not, but that's the way I, I sort of felt. Thankfully, the video went really well. And if you want to see that, that is on the channel now. But yeah, Frostpunk, I cannot wait to play this game again. Uh, next up, uh, Unconscious Mind. Here. Now, at the time of filming this video, it is November 8th, 2022. This is going live on Kickstarter later today. So if you're interested in checking out the Kickstarter campaign for Unconscious Mind, by the time this video goes live, the campaign for this will be live. 
Well, if, I mean, if you're watching this video in a year's time, then it's probably closed and been done. But Unconscious Mind is the latest game from Fantasia Games that brought us Endless Winter. Designer, Johnny Pack, basically your professors working with Dr. Sigmund Freud before Freud was uh, you know, massively famous, going around, you're taking on clients who've got various issues that need dealing with and you are treating them as clients and you are trying to fix them and make them better. Uh, and that will get you reputation, it will get you points and all sorts of other things. You're also going to be writing journals and books uh, about things you can cite from each other's work and all, all sorts of other things like that. Mechanically, I class this as a medium to heavy Euro game. It's very, very much a Euro game. It's 100% a Euro game. Um, but it's, I don't think this is medium weight. This is medium to heavy, going along to heavy. I know some people that say this is a heavy game. Some people say it's a medium game. But for me, this is nowhere near a medium game. There's a lot going on in this game. A few people have commented to me after seeing the playthrough. I did a playthrough video for this on the channel if you want to see it. Uh, is that it reminded them of a Mind Clash games game. And I can see that comparison. Now, Fantasia Games is a different publisher. But when you look at the game and you look at the production and you look at the graphic design and the art and how it's all put together, and you look at the depth and the weight of the game, this game could very easily have been a Mind Clash Games game. So if you don't know anything about this game, but you like games from Mind Clash Games, go and check this out. Because although it isn't from Mind Clash Games, it's got that similar feel to it. Uh, I think this is going to be a big hit. I think mechanically, I really enjoyed the game. I'm not 100% sure about the thematic connection between the mechanisms and the actual setting of the game, but that to me isn't an important thing. I like the setting of the game and I like the mechanisms of the game. And what you're doing, the action selection system is clever. Uh, what you actually do is clever. The way that you generate these hearts, it's effectively a contract fulfillment game. You get these clients and they've got these grief cards on top of them and they've got a certain amount of hearts and they have dreams and you need to delve into their dreams and try and fix them. And the way you do that is by each dream has on it a certain uh, printed requirements. And once you've met those requirements, you can then fix that dream. It's essentially, it's contract fulfillment. It's generating resources and then spending those resources to fix the dreams. But as I say, they've done a fantastic job with the production of the game. The artwork is absolutely superb. The gameplay is very, very solid. You can see a gameplay video on the channel now if you're interested in it. What I will say is that the game is in development. Since doing that playthrough video, uh, the designer Johnny Pack has sent me a whole big list of tweaks and changes that they're looking to make. So the game is still in development. And the reason why I'm saying that is anybody who watches videos that are put out at the time of a Kickstarter and thinks, right, this is the final version of the game. No, it's not. The game is still in development and all of the tweaks that I've seen are making it even better. So that's Unconscious Mind. Next up is Mobile Markets, a smartphone ink game. So a funny story to tell you about this. I actually picked up a copy of this game at Essen 2021. So last year's Essen, I went to see Arcane Wonders and I spoke to Robert, who's the president of Arcane Wonders. And I've known Robert for years and Robert's very generous uh, with giving me a bunch of games for review or so that I can lend them to other people and basically spread the word about the games. And he gave me a copy of Mobile Markets which is a smartphone ink game. It's by the same designers, uh, same publishers, similar setting, similar artwork and graphic design, but it's a completely different game. And it, unfortunately, it was one of the games that I didn't get around to covering at all. And I looked at covering it at one point about six months ago, and then I thought, well, hang on a minute, this game isn't actually available. You can't get this game anywhere. So about a month before Essen this year, I spoke to Robert, 
And he said, oh yeah, yeah, we'll meet up again and I've got some more games for you. And I said, look, Robert, you gave me a copy of Mobile Markets last year and I haven't covered it on the channel yet. And he said, no, that's fine. I said, well, why? You gave it me a year ago and I've not covered it. He said, yeah, there were some issues with the production and, and in fact, we've delayed it and we've delayed it and it's not coming out until this year. In fact, it's actually coming out January, 2024. So he said, it's a good job you didn't do any coverage for it because nobody could get it. <laughs> so it's like, oh, right, okay. Um, so I said, well, do you, do you want me to cover it on the channel? He said, yeah, 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 cover it on the channel. So it's now been covered on the channel. So Mobile Markets, a smartphone game is printed, copies have been produced, it's on a boat and people will be getting it. Uh, I think it's going to retail January, 2024. But if you wanted to see a video on it, I did a video for it last week on the channel. Now I played it three times. I played it on the Thursday night at the local Cranbrook Games Group. Then I played it on the Friday afternoon and then we played it Friday evening. I had low expectations going into this game because the two people that I know that had played it had both said to me, eh, it's okay, it's nothing special, it's not great. And I'm like, all oh, right, okay, well, I've agreed to do a video on it. I will go into the game and I will see what it's like. And I played one game of it and I was like, that was really good. Then I played a second game of it and I was like, this is still really good. Then we did the live stream, which was my third game of it. And I was like, this is still really, really good. So yeah, Mobile Markets, a smartphone ink game. I very much enjoyed it. Now, why did I enjoy it? Possibly because I went in with low expectations and it surprised me, um, but it's just a solid game. Now, the way that I described it to people is that you play a lot of Euro games these days, a lot of medium, medium to heavy Euro games where you're like, okay, we've got the game. We know what we're trying to do. Oh, but in addition to that, there's this extra bit of the board where you can go and you can do set collection to get some extra points. Nothing to do with the game at all. Not really related to the game and probably could have been chopped out. Or, oh, there's a bit of an area control bit here. Well, why? Oh, well, just so that there's something else. To... No, no, no. Mobile Markets was a game where there's no fluff added. It is basically get technology, develop features for your phone, do the marketing, produce the phones, sell the phones to the customers, get your money. Repeat. That's it. Everything in the game is needed for the game to work. It's not a complicated game. It's a medium weight game, maybe a slightly on the lighter side of it, but the deciding what to do, the depth in the game comes from the decisions that you have to make and not the rules complexity. Rules were relatively simple, but actually deciding what to do in the game, that was the, that was the tricky bit. But anyway, I've played it three times. I really enjoyed every single time I played it, even though we played the first game slightly wrong. So yeah, I, I would recommend Mobile Markets. It doesn't overstay its welcome. It's a relatively short game, probably takes about an hour to an hour and a quarter to play. And yeah, it worked really well. Next up, a game that didn't work so well was War of the Ring, the card game at three players. Now, to be fair, I've actually covered this twice in the last month on the channel. So if you go back to my channel and have a look, you will see a War of the Ring four player playthrough and a War of the Ring three player playthrough. Let's talk about the three-player game first. I would never play the game again at three-player. I really didn't feel it worked whatsoever. Let's go back to the four-player game. I thought it was fantastic. Not just me, we all enjoyed it. So there's a video on my channel, War of the Ring, the card game, tutorial playthrough and review, and it's a three-hour long video. Now, it's not a three-hour game. It's a 90-minute game, but this wasn't a sponsored video. I picked up a copy for Mary's Games. Thank you very much for the review copy of the game. Uh, but it wasn't a sponsored video. So for my sponsored videos, I take the time, I learn the game, I practice it, and the video is, you know, short, concise, and correct. 
If it's not sponsored, I'm afraid I just don't have the free time to do all of that preparation. So what we did is we sent the rulebook out to the other players beforehand. Uh, and that video that's on the channel is a three hour video of four people learning how to play the game and then playing it, which is why it was long. And we loved it. I mean, I loved it. And everybody came away from the game thinking this game is fantastic for them to capture the Lord of the Rings and the War of the Ring theme in just cards. It was really, really well done. It's designed by Ian Brody, who's done the Quartermaster General series of games. Each player has their own deck of cards. You go through that deck, but mechanically it works extremely well. Thematically, every card works thematically really, really well. It's just a fantastic game. Four player card game worked brilliantly. The three player card game, not so much. Really, really wasn't keen on it. Um, without going into details here, if you're interested, check out the end of the three player playthrough video, which is the second one on my channel. And we talk about a bit about why it didn't work. The turn order was just a bit janky and felt a bit weird, even though we played it correctly, I think. Um, and searching through cards in your deck when you've got a 60 card deck, yeah, I'd, I'd never play the game again at three player, but I thought the game was fantastic at four player. So that's the War of the Ring, the card game. Next up, uh, Stick'em. Played one round of Stick'em at the uh, Cranbrook Games Group because we had about 20 minutes free at the end of the night. I brought Stick'em with me. It's a fantastic little evil, evil, evil trick-taking card game where you stitch up other people, hence the name of the game, uh, to give them pain cards. Very, very clever, very good, lot of fun, and perfect for conventions. If you come into Gridcon, if you're watching this video and you come into Gridcon and you've got 20 minutes, 30 minutes free and you want to play a little card game, Stick'em is, is the game that I, one of the card games that I'd recommend. Yeah, just really good. Finally, Castles of Burgundy. Um, over on my Patreon supporters Slack channel, we've been running a Castles of Burgundy tournament, which has been held over on Board Game Arena. And that finished yesterday. So a big thank you to Brett for organizing the tournament. Uh, well done to everybody who took part in the tournament. I made it through to the final. Uh, and then I had the worst game that I've ever played of Castles of Burgundy. Um, but despite that, I still came close. I got 181 to 185. So congratulations to Dan. Dan played a blinder of a tournament. It's done really well. And I'm very happy that I got through to the final. But I've been playing a lot of Castles of Burgundy online. My opinion of Castles of Burgundy is the same as it has been for the last few years. It's a great game. I absolutely love the game. But I don't want to play it at two. Every time I play it at two, the tile mix that comes out is just wonky and it just it just doesn't seem to work. At four player, you get a better mix of tiles that come out and it's one reason why I don't rate it as highly as other people do is that I believe it doesn't scale well to the lower player count. I think it needs some tweaks to the game uh, to make it more less, less wonky at, at two players. Uh, and one of the suggestions is that you take out one of the sets of animals. And I, I would do that, but that's not an option on Board Game Arena. Anyway, that's all of the games that I've been playing over the last few weeks. What did you think? If there's any of them that I've talked about that are your favourites or any that I've talked about which I liked and you didn't like, let me know in the comments. Uh, I'm always curious to see what you think about the games. Now, one game that you might think is odd that I haven't talked about it, because this is on my channel. This is Undaunted Stalingrad. And the reason why I didn't just cover it is, although I have videos on my channel for Undaunted Stalingrad in the last few weeks, I didn't play in those. Rob and Paul Snugs came round and I taught them how to play and then they played it. I didn't actually play in those games myself. So yeah, I, I mean, I can talk about the game and I can let you know what I think about it. I think it's by far the best in the Undaunted series of games. 
and it's a good place to start if you haven't played any of the other ones. That said, it's very expensive compared to the other games. You can pick up a copy of Undaunted Normandy for like 25 quid or something like that, whereas Undaunted Stalingrad, big box, loads of extra components, it's going to be a lot more expensive. But adding a campaign-style system to the game is just genius. Um, because Undaunted is a nice system, but suddenly at the end of a scenario when you've got soldiers who actually died and get replaced by reserves, so this guy turns up with a shovel and he's like, what, what do I do? And it's basically, it's a card with no ranged attack value. And you're like, oh yeah, because you haven't got a gun. Whereas other ones, other soldiers you'll get will promote themselves. And then it unlocks other units as the game goes on. And it's a campaign. It's not a legacy system. So there's no stickering. There's no drawing on anything. It's a fully resettable campaign. Yeah, Undaunted Stalingrad, fantastic production. Really, really good. Uh, I also did an unboxing video for Flamecraft on the channel as well, which I've just agreed to do a sponsored playthrough of in December. So that'll be coming to the channel in December. Right, moving on to what's coming up over the next few weeks. Well, we've got GridCon. GridCon is happening this Thursday. So GridCon is my own convention that I organise with my partner, Vicky. It starts, uh, we're going up on Thursday. GridCon officially runs from Friday to Sunday. If you are interested in coming to GridCon, I'm afraid we're sold out. Please do not just turn up on the day because you've heard about it. Uh, there are no tickets available and you can only get in without a ticket. We are limited on table space and chair space. So yeah, if you haven't got a ticket, I'm afraid you can't come. But keep an eye on the GridCon website uh, and I will be talking about it. We will be selling tickets for GridCon 4 sometime next year. GridCon 4 will be happening in November uh, 2023. But yeah, GridCon's coming up. Um, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to it, but it's been... Don't run your own convention. Um, the amount of work that it's been, I mean, literally no no... No word of a lie, it's been probably four to five hours of admin work every day for the last month. Uh, I'm so tired, I'm so exhausted, and I'm so far behind on the work that I should be doing, but we're almost there. It's happening in a few days' time. Um, so yeah, so that, that's GridCon. Coming up uh, before GridCon, though, this Wednesday, uh, I'll be doing a, a game of Aeon's End Digital. Now, that's probably already on the channel by the time this video goes out, but I might get this video done tomorrow. If I can get this video done tomorrow, I will. But yeah, Aeon's End Digital is a fantastic digital adaptation of a brilliant, brilliant game. Uh, and Brett and Johnny are joining me tomorrow night and we're going to be doing just a three-player game of Aeon's End Digital. That'll be on the channel soon. When I get back from GridCon, there will be more Frosthaven video work. I'm working on the Frosthaven How to Play video at the moment, which is a massive amount of work. Uh, I'm also going to be doing a video for Fire and Stone Siege of Vienna 1683. Uh, Capstone Games have asked me to cover that on the channel and it's a game which I, I looked at and I thought, oh yeah, this is a little bit interesting. So I'm going to be covering that on the channel uh, on Friday the 18th of November. And then the week after that, I'm going to be covering Pole Position. Pole Position is from a company called Do It Games. They contacted me. They didn't know I was a Formula One fan when they contacted me and they said, hi Paul, we like your channel, we like the videos you do. Uh, would you be interested in covering our new Pole Position Formula One motor racing game? And I said, absolutely yes. So I'm going to be covering that uh, at the end of November as well. Um, I've also got a couple of days set aside for some solo gaming, which I hope to do because I've been a bit behind on that. Um, other things that I've done recently, uh, there will be a podcast recording going out, or three of them. Uh, so Liz Davidson from the Beyond Solitaire podcast, uh, she, with the help of various other people, put together this top 200 People's Choice Solo Games Award. And on Sunday, uh, just last weekend, uh, spent about five hours recording with Liz, 
uh, Mark from One Stop Co-op Shop and Jeremy Howard from Mum vs. Meeple. Uh, and we recorded a whole series of videos where we talk through not all of these 200 games, but we talk about solo games uh, and about this this top 200 list. That, that'll be coming out. Uh, I will send links to it, but it won't be on my channel. Uh, so keep an eye on it. It will be posted about on the BGG Guild and Liz will be posting about it on her Beyond Solitaire uh, podcast. Right, moving on to give you a Patreon update. So after last month's growth, uh, we're, we're back to normal again. In fact, the, the decline has started again. Uh, it's just one of those things. So last month we got 28 new supporters, which is fantastic. Thank you very much to you 28 new supporters, but we lost 35. So we're actually uh, we're actually down seven supporters again. Um, it's just it's just how it goes. We had a good month. It was a steady decline from January. We had a good month last month, but now it started to decline down again. Um, so a big thank you to everybody who stayed with me and also to all of the new supporters. I put a list on screen right now. This is a list of all of the new people that started supporting me in October. If you have started supporting me in November, your name will appear on the next list. But again, thank you very much to all of you, your, you new supporters, because without you, I would have lost 35 people last month uh, and it would have been a much, much bigger drop. But yes, um, as I've talked about at the start, I can't do these videos uh, and I can't really keep the channel going without the help of the Patreon support. So it's your support that keeps this channel going. If you've watched this video uh, and you do want to support me directly, you can do so at patreon.com forward slash gaming rules. Help keep the channel going. Other things, not much, to be honest. Um, Gridcon and the Frosthaven video have been absolutely time intensive for me. I've, I've I've not really done anything for the last two weeks other than Gridcon and the Frosthaven video. Not been doing any painting, really. I've painted one figure for that I needed to paint for the Frosthaven video. Vicky's painted the other. Um, not watched anything on TV. Not really done very much whatsoever. So life has taken a bit of a... It's been on pause just while we get things out of the way. Then obviously I've got Gridcom coming up this weekend that's going to be exhausting. Then I'm going to be tired afterwards. So there is going to be a bit of a lull in the content that I produce. Uh, it doesn't mean I'm not working hard on, on lots of things. Right. So as I mentioned at the start, this is the second time that I filmed this video today because I forgot to press record. Let's just make sure this is recording. Yes, this is recording. Um, but let's wrap things up keeping this uh, fairly short this month because I've got lots of things to do. And I think I've talked about everything that I want to talk about. I've talked about all the games that I've played, uh, giving you a Patreon update, talked about what's coming new for the channel. I'm very, very excited about what's coming new for the channel. Yeah, so yeah, th things like the Fire and Stone, Siege of Vienna. I'm very interested in, in seeing how that game plays out. The Pole Position game. I'm very excited about continuing to work on the Frosthaven video. I've got Flamecraft coming in December uh, and I've got lots of other videos planned just need time to do them. But anyway, thank you very much again to all of my Patreon supporters for funding the channel. Give the video a thumbs up. Leave me a comment if I've spoken about anything that you want to comment on, if I've spoken about your uh, any games that you really like or any games that you don't like. Always interested in hearing your feedback. But for now, I'm going to disappear and get back to some more Gridcon admin. Take care. Thanks very much for watching and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.